You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Hi, I'm Julie Larson Brisher, Science and Technology Editor for Meeting Place Magazine. Welcome to episode 22 of Meeting Pod, where we're talking poultry industry innovation, high-tech applications, and an exciting new greenfield facility with Scott Seckler, owner of poultry processor and producer Bell & Evans. Founded in 1894 in Fredericksburg, Pennsylvania, Bell & Evans has a long history of excellence in the poultry processing industry. Since the Seckler family purchased the company in the 1980s, Bell & Evans has become known as one of the most innovative operations in the business. America's oldest chicken processor was the first in the U.S. to produce an all-natural chicken, a pioneer in the no-antibiotics-ever and organic markets, and a first adopter of high-tech processing solutions, from air-chilling to slow-induction anesthesia to high-end convenience packaging. These innovations have helped Bell & Evans grow its product range to include fresh, prepared, organic, NAE-raised, and gluten-free chicken and poultry products sold to retail and food service customers across the U.S. Over the years, Scott has led a reinvention of everything from the chicken's housing and feed to processing and packaging for the company's two processing plants and one hatchery always looking to challenge the status quo in pursuit of the highest quality product. Scott's vision for Bell and Evans's $330 million Greenfield Organic Certified Chicken Harvesting Facility in Fredericksburg, which is set to open at the end of this year, is no exception. Earlier this year, Scott wrote about realizing that vision in his company blog. He wrote that, quote, every material used process designed, and machinery purchased was meticulously selected to achieve superior quality, sustainability, efficiency, traceability, safety, and humane handling of our chickens, unquote. Today, we're excited to talk with him about this groundbreaking state-of-the-art facility and the innovative 3D technology used to design it the incorporation of Bell & Evans' trademark European Plus automation and processing tech, and advances in the company's animal welfare and sustainability strategies. Welcome to Meeting Pod, Scott. I'm happy to have you as a guest on the podcast today, and I'm really looking forward to learning more about the ingenuity and innovation that's gone into your team's latest endeavor. So let's dive right in then. Uh, What prompted Bell & Evans to begin work on the new Greenfield Chicken Harvesting Facility? And is your vision playing out in real time as the project heads toward completion later this year? Well, I've been considering a new chicken plant most of my life because I started with old facilities that were built and put together long before my time. But I never thought I could afford to do what I wanted to do. You know, I've traveled over to Europe uh, all through my life, been across the Atlantic 50-some times in my life, always looking at the poultry processing. Uh, I spent time in Japan and Canada, Mexico, all all over uh, Western Europe. I've been in most of the countries there and been most of the plants. And and so uh, in many cases, I learned what I didn't want to do. And out of what I didn't want to do came what I thought was the right way to do it. So then uh, we've gotten to a size with what we could work with here in 
Fredericksburg, Pennsylvania, you know, our older facilities, we upgraded over the years and even our old facility uh, is probably as good or better than any facility in the United States. It's not brand new, but very much updated and the technology we've, we've learned what works and what doesn't work in our current facility and now building a new one. We were very determined to what we wanted to do different and what we want to build with our experience. So having uh, looked at other facilities all my life and my own experience here with our current facilities, we had a pretty good idea going in this thing exactly what we wanted. So, so this was a, a great opportunity to, to afford and uh, to engineer and develop kind of our dream of uh, how we thought chicken processing should look 2021. So, so here we are. It's uh, reality is, uh, is taking place. And, uh, you know, uh, the week after Thanksgiving, we're hoping to open this thing up. And uh, while we had COVID to deal with and lots of other little issues, we've done really, really well. That didn't hold us up. We are going to have the most fantastic chicken plant ever built coming to fruition. That's great. You know, you wrote in your blog about using this innovative 3D technology to design the new facility. So can you tell me about what you thought were the advantages in designing the plant that way and what kind of impact that would have on planning ahead on sustainability considerations like water management or carbon emissions? The 3D part, which wasn't my idea and didn't grow up with anything of the sort, but around the world, people in our business working with us with equipment and engineering, they knew how I think. And so this was an opportune time for all these vendors to uh, come together and say, hey, Scott, we can we can bring you something here that hasn't been done before in the poultry world. 3D technology, beings that we built this in this whole COVID period, allowed us to virtually deal with with people from all over the world. So with the 3D, we had people on there from Holland, from Germany, from three or four different locations in the US, plus here at our home office. And it allowed us to have our staff here in in our processing, our supervisors and management and plant managers, they all could be a part of it too. And so when they set up a line, there was always somebody on there that said, well, what about this and what about that? So Instead of building it and then finding out things were not in the right position and some water pipe needs to go through there or some electric needs to happen there or the drains need to be different, all kinds of things that normally are screw-ups and the plant gets built and then you wonder why, you know, what, what the engineers were doing. And whether, you know, somebody was maybe had a little bit too much to drink uh, before they came to work or, or, uh, you know, they were out too late at night or whatever. But so there's always excuses why things don't work. But when you have people online from four different countries and all that we had on here in the U.S., plus our own staff, a lot of mistakes were avoided because somebody right away said you can't do that. And they had the reason why. So, so the engineering with 3D was spectacular. We had lots of great engineers on from all these locations and plus our own people that have to live with this when it's finished and have lived here for a long time in this business. They could share their concerns with with all these where, where things were positioned and 
for the lighting and the heights and the widths and all that kind of stuff, they could share that. You know, sometimes we, you know, we talk them out of it because, you know, we're going to do it differently this time for whatever reason. But, but the inputs were wonderful. We never in the past ever were able to manage inputs like we were with this 3D technology. You know, this year, everybody got used to podcasts and all the other technologies we use today to communicate around the world without anybody leaving home or leaving, you know, leaving the processing plant or whatever. So a very interesting time. I, I don't know, two years ago, three years ago, nobody was familiar with any of these technologies. On top of that, the 3D thing was, was, wasn't even here yet in this design technology. So, so we got it all, all in one big dose here. So there is probably a couple things we can thank for the COVID situation. And there's a lot of things we, uh, we don't want to ever see again, but cer- certainly it played a big role in how this plant, you know, how the engineering itself took place and the contributions uh, that were pulled together. So, I mean, I can, I've been in this business all my life and I've been all these plants all over the world, including Japan. I couldn't even imagine that what we're able to accomplish now with this 3D and, you know, with our finances to, to spend the money to do all this stuff is uh, incredible and beyond anything I could have ever dreamed of. Well, it sounds like it would, this approach would come highly recommended by you for people to use, no matter what kind of facility they're building. It sounds like this 3D technology allows you to really truly see that sort of 180 to 360, you know, degree look at the, at how you're actually implementing the design. Well, tell me what are you most excited about in terms of what the facility will be capable of doing, especially in terms of automated or, you know, robotics that have to do with the processing and packaging end of the processing. And how does this advance your European plus design strategy that's a feature in all of your processing plants? First of all, unique with this whole process is we had this stuff up online. We have our customers and retailers, our neighbors, our friends, the township supervisors, everybody watching this thing being built. I don't remember ever being able to see anybody else building a food processing plant so publicly like we, you know, what we, the environment we created here. So it was important for us to, to watch this going on while everybody had all kinds of issues that were negative to COVID. We were able to show the world what we're doing here and that we didn't stop. We proceeded with this project to be a spectacular outcome for you know, what will be, a, you know, wonderful for our employees, wonderful for the consumers that eat our products. And those that have been Bell and Evans brand fans for a long, long time. So they could watch all this. So, so the passion and the excitement in this thing for everybody that, that tuned in, you know, was, was a pretty big deal. So when I think it was beyond what anybody's ever did in this kind of business before, all the great things that are, you know, taking place through this, uh, you know, with water recycling abilities, uh, I mean, the, the sustainability part on the environmental side or the energy side. Is second to nobody because there is a lot of new technologies that were available for this project that maybe weren't available before or even affordable before, and so we have we have a lot of interest uh, parts to recycling of water, uh, uh, reuse of water, just a, a ton of stuff on the on the efficiency side. There is going to be a lot of 
automation uh, that wasn't uh, available before. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of ro- robotics in the lifting areas and all that's expensive. If you, if you don't waste human energy with uh, things that you could do with a machine, then the people you do employ, you can afford to pay more money and they can grow in the business because you don't have them doing goofy jobs that, you know, a machine could do. So the idea that you're just replacing cheap labor, you know, you got to forget that whole thought process. And you really got to think about how can I pay, how can I afford to pay more money? And sometimes it means a few less people so you can pay more money to those that are there. But we're better off than having somebody do a lousy, hard job. We're better off having them fix and manage a robot and deal with the software and do that. You can pay those people a lot more money and they become a lot more productive. We've been on that kick for some time, but this new plant now really allows us to to do that. Here at our place, our starting wage is between $15 and $16, depending on you know which shift you're on. Uh, and then we offer 4 to $5 an hour of benefits, plus all the other things that we do. So we have to think you can't put somebody, a back-breaking job lifting boxes, if a robot can do it. So everywhere that we could take the human person doing the physical work out, we looked at that. And you can't replace uh, humans with machinery in a lot of places, but you can still pick up the efficiency in the some places that make a big difference to everybody that, that works on the lines, uh, you know, throughout the plant. So, so this, there's no place in this plant that we haven't looked at the efficiencies of the technology today. Tons of software, even in the inspection, tons of stuff with inspection, you know, which will allow us to do greater line speeds. We set the equipment up in straight rows so we don't go around bends and create problems with, you know, with the chickens at higher speeds going around a bend and then going into a machine and then not cutting it properly. So we have lots of straight. This is a very long plant. And uh, there, you know, I've learned that over the years that, you know, we, and everybody put additions to plants to run more chickens. And you put additions on. Every time you put addition on, you created more bends and line heights and line changes. And it never worked in the favor of the chicken or the quality of the chicken. It only, you know, it got you more pounds, but it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't efficient in doing it. You, you, you compromise quality for line speed and more volume. So in this case, we have a very planned size of bird and making sure that that bird, when it comes in here, the animal welfare is the best ever. So till that bird goes to sleep and then it's hung on the line asleep and then it's cut and goes through the whole process. Everything is thought out. So I started air chill. Let's go back to the, the kill part. I started out this, the stunning business 20 some 30 years ago. We bought a system from England and brought it over. And over the years, I, I learned a lot about that. And uh, a lot were putting systems in that suffocate them to death. They use gas, but they replace oxygen with gas. And I never liked that. I used to say, can you imagine putting you in a box for a minute and thinking that was, you know, that minute would go by fast? Well, when you don't have any air to breathe, that's a long minute. So I wasn't going to do what, you know, the industry's done for the most part. I believe that we should put a chicken to sleep. Like when you go in and you have an operation in the hospital and they, they give you a little gas and you fall asleep. And, you know, when you're asleep, they could kill you and you would never know it. I felt that uh, we, we should deal the same thing with our animals that you put them to sleep before you put them on the line and you don't suffocate them to death. So our system now uh, was replicated in Europe by Morel and they actually are doing what we designed here. They've replicated that. They, they won't tell you that they copied my system, but they did. 
and I'm happy for it because they're good people and they did the right thing. So, you know, sometimes when people do something right, they, they don't want to copy it because they, they don't want to be uh, accused of that. Everybody wants their own idea. But in this case here, uh, they did a really good job of replicating what we had designed here in our old plant. Now they've added to it. So they made it even much better than what I had. So everybody learned from these things and and I was willing to spend the money to get this thing right. So our system of putting the chickens to sleep and hang them on the line, straight lines. We have lots of pickers in here in a straight line. So our quality going through the pickers should be the best ever. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, everybody wants wings, but wings are the first thing that get damaged. They get cut off, you know, in the, in the, in the kill machine, they get beat up in the picking machines. And so I'm expecting maybe 20 to 30% more grade A wings thanks to the technology we put in this plant here. So, from putting the chickens to sleep, how they're processed, short stretch, you know, straight stretches on the line, I think we're going to have uh, significant improvements on our grade. There's going to be a lot of things come out of this plant like hasn't been done before. And I've been in all the plants and, you know, everybody tries hard and everybody did what they did for years. But, you know, building a new plant now, you know, you get the opportunity when you do a greenfield to, to do from beginning to end, get it right. So it's uh, a lot different when you put an addition onto the plant and, and you know you got different things already there, and you got to make accommodations for for the things that are there. And then you got you're next to a town, you're next to a road, you're next to something. So so you keep on squeezing things and squeezing more things in rooms. So I didn't have to squeeze nothing in this building. When you tour it, you can see I got a lot of room in there, and you know even for modifications in the future. But there's no doubt about it, I didn't squeeze anything in. So the thing the, the plant is completely built from the standpoint of animal welfare to be the best ever, the human welfare to be the best ever, and the quality we produce to be the best ever. Oh, man, that's great. And, you know, we were just talking about the CAS concept in Stunning End, but one of the things I was just reading about, I think it was in your blog, was that there was an upgrade in this new humane handling measure that eliminates the use of fork trucks to offload drawers. Is that connected with the CAS system? But I think what I read, what I read in your blog was that it increases the level of traceability and data to a level unheard of in the U.S. So we will have traceability will be much easier out there talk about it now that they can take the chicken all the way from the farm to consumer but there's there's a lot of dips in that communication there and and nobody talks about that Uh, we truly will have that connected really well but when we send the truck out to the farm there will be a forklift that takes a module off takes it in the barn and they'll be they'll be hand loaded there when the truck comes into the plant now it will back in and without forklifts there'll be two arms that come in the trailer and lift lift the modules off, and the whole trail load comes off in the matter of maybe less than 10 minutes, and without jerking or moving, and it'll be generally in a pretty dark area, so the chickens won't be, you know, won't be light or horns blowing or tires squealing or anything, so it'll be quiet. And part of what we did in the past is we used to have a calming shed, and when they come in off the road, we'd sit in the barn for a couple hours and calm them down before we backed them in. Then we'd back them in, and then we had the forklift noise in there and lights and all that stuff. So we stirred them, stirred them up a good bit again before we put them on the conveyors to unload them. So now we won't have any of that. The trailers are all special trailers. We're building them up in Canada. I think we're building 26 or 28 new trailers. The trailers are all air ride. 
Uh, they all have roofs on. They all have a special ventilation on them. The live haul part into the plant is very special in itself. These are very expensive trailers, but they will get a good ride here. They'll be unloaded without a lot of noise and carrying on and in a darker environment. They'll have uh, three trailers on each line will set on conveyors as they come off of there. So there'll be some time even in the building of quieting down with lots of air conditioning and air movement before they're, they're de-stacked. They'll be de-stacked uh, quietly with, uh, with machinery. And then they'll go uh, on the conveyor and uh, they'll go to sleep. So they'll get uh, low amounts of CO2 and it will go to sleep over a six to seven minute period, which in most cases now, those that are promoting gas stunning, there might be one minute or something. And basically they replace the air with CO2. In this case here, we introduce low levels of CO2 and we keep the levels going a little higher till you get up to your six or seven minutes near the end of the line. And by that time they doze off, they go to sleep. And then of course, in that period of time, we hang them on the line and they get cut and, uh, you know, and it goes on from there. So it's a very interesting process we put together, but I've been working on this for 30 years already. I've seen what everybody did wrong around the world and I wasn't going to do, you know, one more wrong. I was going to learn from our own process here and take this whole thing to the next step. What we're going to be doing in this plant, the whole industry around the world will be, will be looking at this and, and they, over time, they should all adapt to this because I think this is the right way to do it. This isn't just about making the marketing stories or salesman stories. This, this is the way it should be done. So I, if I see other technology in the world or another idea and it works better than this, I'll jump for it. But at this point here, I've gathered for a long, long time and have 20 some years of experience with gas stunning that I think this is, this is the best you can get at, at this stage of life. Well, you've almost eliminated the need for me to ask you my final question, because it sounds like you have all the bells and whistles that are making you feel very satisfied that are connected with the Greenfield facility. But since you really have been a first adopter throughout your career, what would you put on your smart manufacturing, you know, industry 4.0 wish list for your next Greenfield project? Well, I think that at the moment, if I had an idea, I would incorporate it yet before it's finished because uh, I've been noted to do that in the past. So I don't have a lot of thoughts yet if I was planning another one today. I think, uh, and we, we kept adopting as this process went on here. There's definitely going to be some issues with dealing with USDA and line speeds. There are, there are reasons why line speeds should be greater, but you got to have the equipment for it. You got to have the inspection for it. And you got to have the technology and software for it. So we have all that here. So I look really closely at two plants in Germany that are running 248 a minute and 250 a minute and some of them even more. And I understand there's one plant in Canada doing that. And, but you have to be built for it. So you have to have straight lines and you can't go around turns at high rates of speed. You got to have a lot of things in place for it. But the fact of the matter is that in the scrolling and picking process, if you go through at these speeds and you can, you can keep the hot, the hot air in there with the chickens and keep that chicken warm, you'll have less, a lot less damage to the chicken by taking those feathers off more efficiently at higher line speeds. Now, if I wouldn't have seen it, I wouldn't believe it. So I seen it and I took groups from the states here over there several times to look at this. Now, 
what they always say, seeing is believing. So, so while in the U.S. and, and many say, no, no, that, and of course, when you get the USDA, no, no. But the fact of the matter is, if you can increase the quality of the processing and have less B grades and do it without any more strain on employees, in fact, less strain on employees, less strain on USDA, why shouldn't we do it? We built our plant to go at those high line speeds in everything we did. So someday, you know, here in the U.S., we'll get there with, uh, you know, convincing others that these line speeds actually are certainly they're more efficient but more beneficial for the chicken itself, the quality of the chicken we, we take to retail, for beneficial to our employees and also the USDA inspectors. So there's a lot of pluses if you do the process together. Now, if you just put another addition onto a building and you don't change the scalders and the pickers, you don't change all this stuff, forget it. You know, you know, just running faster, we'll, you'll have more B grades, you'll have more issues and, and a bigger mess. So in our design in this building, I could see the benefits of these higher line speeds in, in a number of ways. So I've invested in the building, the equipment, everything, the live hall, the staging, how many trucks can be unloaded at a time, you know, sitting in the building on conveyors. So I've, I've invested in all that stuff so that I can efficiently run at higher line speeds when the time comes. It really, it really sounds exciting. And I want to thank you, Scott, for talking with us today on Meeting Pod. And listeners, you can get an inside view of Bell and Evans' poultry processing and packaging ingenuity in the September 2018 issue of Meeting Place in our company profile, A Step Ahead. You can access the story online in the digital version of the magazine at meetingplace.com. You can also find out more about Bell and Evans' 125-year history and about the Seckler family the company's production and processing standards, and the company's range of all-natural premium chicken and poultry products at bellandevans.com. And be sure to read Scott's chicken blog for more of his future thinking insights. Thanks again, Scott. I'm really looking forward to coming out and seeing that new Greenfield facility up and running in the fall. That gives you a nice coast-to-coast flight. We'll be happy to have you. Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net.